And welcome, everybody, to episode number nine of the Fighting Irish Daily Blitz. I'm your host, Rob Fedoff, also known as RPT. This episode is presented by BetUS.com. Bet with the three-decade leader, BetUS. Join now for 125% bonus using promo code DSP125 or 200% bonus with crypto using promo code DSP200. And bet sports, casinos, horses, pop culture, and more at BetUS.com. You bet, you win, you get paid, BetUS.com. Also, you can find me on Twitter at P. Thidoff. Again, that's at P as in Paul, T as in Tom, H-I-T as in Tom again, O-F-F, Frank Frank. For all Notre Dame athletic updates, just go to my Twitter account and you will have those updates there. I posted, I think it was Sunday or Saturday, some sad news for the Notre Dame family. Uh, former player and actually former Super Bowl champion as well. Jim Lynch passed away last week. He was uh, originally from Lima, Ohio. For those that grew up in my neck of the woods, he went to Lima Central Catholic. And I have some information here. And let's see here. It said Jim Lynch, a 1966 national champion, Maxwell Award and winner and college football Hall of Famer, has passed away at the age of 76 he was the captain of the 1966 National Championship team and consensus first team All-American as a senior with the Fighting Irish. He led the Irish in 1966 with 106 tackles and earned the Maxwell Award as the nation's most outstanding college football player. He was also an academic All-American. And his former coach, who has also passed away, Eric Parsegian, said, I'm often asked, who was the best player to coach? And Jim Lynch always comes to mind. He said of his team captain, he was an All-America in every sense, talented, hard-nosed, and honest. And again, he anchored the defenses in 65 and 66, which ranks the most dominating in the program history. And he also played 11 years in the National Football League with the Kansas City Chiefs, and he won a Super Bowl in 1969. So an incredible career and life uh, for Jim Lynch. Again, uh, condolences out to his family. Rest in peace, Jim Lynch. And again, uh, that was the news that broke last week. So to switch gears, again, I hate to switch gears on, you know, a death into the actual topic here. But for this topic, for episode number nine, I had hyped this up last week in my first part of Notre Dame in Hollywood. Part one was just more about movies that were filmed on campus for Notre Dame and some other background knowledge. But for part two, I wanted to, if I was to pitch this to Hollywood, who would, what story would I pitch that has ties to Notre Dame and that would probably be also filmed on Notre Dame's campus? The story that I'm going to go into, obviously, when you hear this, not everything would be filmed on Notre Dame's campus, but we could have the majority of it, probably 60, 70% on Notre Dame's campus to have, again, like I said, except for Rudy and Newt Rock, the All-American, those are the only two films that I could find that were actually filmed on campus. And again, with my story here, I think everybody thinks you had to have a well-known player to get you know some sort of interest from not just Notre Dame fans, but just movie fans in general. The person that I am going to, again, pitch to Hollywood here, is she's somewhat known now for what happened to her, but she was not like a big time player. And I might as well say too, it's, it was someone from the Notre Dame women's team. This was pre Skylar Diggins, Arike, 
you know, the two national titles that Muffet McGraw had. She was on a Final Four team in 1997, which would have been Muffet McGraw's first Final Four team. And she played from 95 to 2000. You say, well, why is it five years? On her sophomore year, she tore her Achilles tendon, so she got a red shirt that year. So who am I talking about here? So again, I'm going to be going kind of back and forth. I'm going to, I have three different stories or actually articles to show you here. So right here, let's get to this first, just to kind of give you some background information. So who am I talking about right here? So again, she played from 95 to 2000 on Muffet McGraw's uh, women's basketball team. Her name is Danielle Green. And I bet half of you, if not less than half of you, know that name. You may have heard about her because she received an SB in 2015 for what she did and went through. So Green was raised by her grandmother and mother, but mostly raised on the mean streets of Chicago, especially the south side of Chicago. Her mother's substance abuse problems contributed to that. So as I read this, again, I'm just going to take snippets from this article. I just don't want to read it to you. I kind of want to talk about it as well. She said it was very challenging. All I remember back in the early 80s, I remember there was a recession. Crack cocaine came out. Remember the Just Say No Nancy Reagan campaign? My mom was very successful up to that point. Then she was laid up and the family dynamics changed a little bit. And she said... During that turbulent time, Green remembers thinking, I want to be different. I don't want to be like what my mom's going through here. So at that time, again, she was around, I think she was like a year younger than me because uh, she went to Notre Dame in 95. Had I gone to Notre Dame, it would have been 94 to 98. So around seven years old. So this would have been early to mid 80s. She said she'd watch Notre Dame football on TV and she took an interest in those football games and that university. And she quote in quotes, I want to go to this place that's on TV every weekend, she thought. There must be something special about that place. There is that Golden Dome, you know. All of us, you know, who are huge fans, we can relate to that. And also during this time, there was U.S. Army commercials. And it was that Be All You Can Be uh, commercials from the 80s. And she's like, I had two childhood dreams, to attend Notre Dame and to be in the Army. So... As she went to grade school, high school, she was left-handed. They said she was a great, she could, you know, dribble really well, um, shoot with her left hand. She was, a, she was a great left-handed player. And that'll come back as I go more into her story. So she ended up averaging 27 points, nine rebounds, five assists, and received All-American honors. She was honorable mention, All-USA Today. And ended up receiving a scholarship to Notre Dame. However, during her four college high school years, I didn't know you could do this in high school. She kept her, like I said, she wanted to go to Notre Dame, play basketball. And she kept her military dream alive as well. She would leave the chaotic and hectic apartment she shared with her aunt, grandma, her mom who was addicted to crack cocaine, and two cousins at 5.35 a.m. to go to Reserve Officers Training Corps. She took two trains and a bus to get to the 25 miles to her school for ROTC, or as we call it, ROTC meetings at 7 a.m. She did that for four years of high school, becoming a colonel. Again, I didn't know you could do that at high school, but so again, she was getting up at the crack of dawn, going to ROTC, then going to practice for her basketball, became a honorable mention All-American USA Today, and got that Notre Dame scholarship. She had a decent career. 
if I look at her stats, again, she wasn't a star like Skyler or Rike, but she was a solid player for Notre Dame. And if I look at her stats right here, bear with me one second here. I'm going from screen to screen. This can be challenging at times. So she ended up, oh, I'm sorry, it was the other. She ended up scoring over 1,000 points uh, for her career. It was about a 10-point uh, career average for her. And then she had over 500 rebounds. And again, after she had graduated, again, I need to go to another screen here. Again, my apologies. This is probably my, my, my most challenging podcast because there's so much information I want to give to you guys, but keep it in a condensed format here. So after graduating with a psychology degree, Green became a teacher, a physical education instructor at a charter school in Chicago and coached junior varsity basketball. But she was getting older and she's like, if I'm going to go to the army, I got to go now. So she went during a very turbulent time. 9-11 happens. She enlists in 2003, I believe, but she ends up going over to Iraq uh, for Operation Iraqi Freedom in 2004. And that's where things get very interesting and could have been very, it, it was tragic, but it could have been more tragic is what I'm trying to say here. So if we go here, she ends up going to Iraq and she ends up, she's on, she did a patrol for a police station over there uh, for the troops over in Iraq. And on, if I look at my notes here, on March 25th, 2004, she lost her lower, again, I'm, remember when I said she was left-handed? So she was dominant left-handed person. She loses her left lower, she, her lower left arm and hand when she was wounded by a rocket-propelled enemy grenade while serving with the U.S. Army in the Iraq War in May 2004. However, she didn't let that, you know, ruin her life. She rehabbed. Again, she was just discharged from the Army because of her condition. She ended up getting an ESPY uh, for her, uh, you know, heroic uh, deeds in Iraq. And then I kind of wanted to get to, you think, okay, she's rehabbed for her, you know, losing her left arm, you know, she's getting back to normal, stuff like that. She ends up meeting, uh, he was a teacher that she met in Chicago, I believe. She ends up getting married. However, as you'll see here, again, going from my, yeah, she ends up getting married, you know, to her soulmate, you know, things are going good. They want to start a family. He dies suddenly of a heart attack in 2011. So one tragedy after another. Again, she loses her arm. You know, she had to deal with her mom's, you know, drug addiction in the 80s. However, still goes to Notre Dame, still goes to the Army. But then she loses her husband in 2011. So like I said, this story just gets up, down, up, down, up, down. And again, she's not a well-known athlete of Notre Dame. But again, I don't go by that. I still think this is an interesting, heroic story. If I was going to pitch something to Hollywood, this would be, I don't know how, how much, how much Holly, more Hollywood you can get with this. Uh, because again, the up down uh, scenario, she ends up uh, going again, her husband dies. She ends up getting her master's in psychology, I believe here. 
let me go back to another screen here too. Cause some, some, some of these uh, articles sum this up a little bit better, but again, I want to give you all the facts, but in a condensed version here again. Oh, here I was looking for this. She averaged 9.5 points and 4.5 rebounds per game for Notre Dame. So nothing, I, I hate to say it that way, but again, she wasn't like a superstar basketball player, but was very, was a, a great leader according to Muffet McGraw and her staff. So as I get to this here, again, after she, okay, so this is what I want to get to here. Returning to Chicago, she completed her, again, this was after she lost her arm and lost her husband. She completed her master's degree in counseling and worked in her sports administration and worked in sports administration for Chicago Public Schools and Malcolm X Community College, a natural career path given her background and interests. And then two, right now, again, she lost her husband. She also has a, a I think he's seven years old now. She also has a seven-year-old son now. So that keeps her busy as well. She always wanted to be a mom. And if we look into here, again, she's trying to find her purpose in life. And right now she works at the Veterans Administration office in South Bend. Uh, she reaches out to, she helps more or less those veterans that are going through PTSD at this time, trying to get them back on track. So she's using what she's learned in both the classroom and what she learned in Iraq or went through in Iraq, I should say, to help other veterans right now. So again, I just think this would be, I know we always see these so-called, I know Hoosiers, they had some, you know, mature themes. Rudy wasn't all that fluff either. I know they kind of added for dramatic effect. I heard his brothers were all supportive of his dream to attend Notre Dame. However, they made out one of the brothers to be kind of an asshole pretty much. And they added that for dramatic effect. So they didn't have that cookie cutter feel good sports movie where everything is, you know, there's a little hardship here, but then everything's, you know, what I always call like a fluff piece where everything's just great and everyone just likes them. And there's no, you know, hardships or adversity or anything like that. I, I, that's why I didn't really like about the blind side. That just to me was just too, goody two shoes, hunky dory type thing. And I heard the same thing with the Kurt Warner. I won't even, maybe I'll watch it someday with nothing else to do. I'll watch the Kurt Warner biopic, but I heard too, there really just wasn't that adversity, that more or less uh, realism. That's the word I'm looking for here. Realism. And all these movies are always typically rated PG, PG 13. I think with this, especially with her upbringing, upbringing in the, again, the streets of Chicago, South side, that's pretty rough. And also the crap she went through in Iraq, you know, that could be pretty gory and, you know, war's not, war's not a nice thing. I mean, it's pretty brutal. If you talk to any, you know, I have some friends that, you know, were over in Afghanistan and Iraq, you know, a lot of them don't want to talk about it, the, the crap they saw. So I think you could make this to be more realistic, again, with her upbringing in Chicago, what she went through in Iraq. To me, and I think you, this needs to be an R-rated movie to show the realism of what she went through. Again, I don't know her, but just reading what she went through, let's don't make this a fluff piece. Again, I, I know that's that's a weird word to use right now, but again, not this cookie cutter, feel-good story. It, it, it would, at the end, and you know, it could be a feel-good story, but again, you have this emotional high. I get to go to Notre Dame. You know, you could show this little girl 
watching TV, you know, smiling. I want to go there someday. And when she finally gets on campus, have, you know, kind of a, you know, epic moment there. She's like, I've made it here. But then she, you know, tears her Achilles. And then, you know, she leaves Notre Dame. You think, oh, this is a great story. But then she goes to Iraq. She loses her arm. And, or actually, it's, it's more or less her hand. You know, she still has somewhat of her arm left there, but she wears a prosthetic now. But you get to see, okay, she comes back. Everything's looking better now, but her husband dies. So it's that back and forth. And yes, landed on a good note, but I want to see the good, the bad, the good, the bad. And again, what I call these, you know, just just two cookie cutter, goody two shoes, fluff pieces that we see too much in these feel good, true story sports movies. Now I want to see, and again, I think Rudy and Hoosiers did a good job of that with, you know, again, the adversity type, but again, this would be very hardcore in my opinion, again, showing the South side of Chicago, what she went through her mom, being a, a crack addict at the time. I didn't get, I don't know if her mom's better now. I know her dad lives with her right now, but um, I don't know how that relationship is with her mom. Now again, Hollywood writers can research that for me <laughs> again. Like I, I'm like, I'm going to be a producer, I guess, you know, that that's, that's a, that could be a pipe dream too. But anyway, I'm just trying to say you to, to order to really truly see her story I think you have to have an R-rated movie. I'm not saying like drop F-bombs and like gratuitous sex in the movie at all like that. I'm just saying make it realistic of what she went through. And again, if that's an R-rating, that's an R-rating. But I don't think that's really been done before for an actual biopic. I'm just trying to think off the top of my head right now for a biopic for sports-related Well, The Fighter, that was pretty – Well, like I mean, look at The Fighter. You know, both the language – what he went through, what his family went through. Uh, Mickey Ward was his name. Marky Mark played the, I call him Marky Mark. I know it's Mark Wahlberg, but to me, he's still Marky Mark. Uh, Donnie Wahlberg, his brother's a, a much better actor, but I digress there, not to get off subject matter there. But again, I just think this has to be an R-rated movie to really get the gist. That's not the word, to get the actual effect of what she went through. Again, Daniel Green is her name. She played at Notre Dame, went to Iraq. It's a truly heroic story. She's a true patriot. You know, thank you for your service, Danielle. You went through hell over there, you know, protecting our freedom. Again, just trying to look at my notes here to see anything. Again, this was probably one of the most difficult podcasts I had to prepare for because there's just so much that's out there. But I, I want to condense this. Again, I think we're pretty good right there. So anyway... Um, again, sorry for kind of, uh, pausing at certain times during this podca podcast, but I just didn't want to leave anything out for you guys here. And if Angelo Pizzo, I, he, he actually reached out to me. He did. He doesn't, he no longer does sports movies, but he said he would take a listen. So maybe he knows someone in the industry that would like to, uh, would like to run with this story and make it a, maybe not a major release, but maybe a Netflix movie. Who knows, but make it into a movie. This is a great story, and I think Hollywood should take a look at it. So again, I'm going to at Angelo on my Twitter account, and I'll send it to him as well. He did. I wanted to give him props. He did reach out to me this weekend to say, hey, I don't do sports movies anymore. But again, I will take a look at it, and maybe this can go to some other sports writer or team that's looking to 
both write and produce and direct a movie about a athlete that went through some trials and tribulations like Danielle Green. And what else here? Just checking my notes. Oh, my prediction still holds true. I doesn't, I shouldn't say holds true, but it, as of right now, I'm still saying nine and three for Notre Dame to finish the season, but they're going to win a bowl game. But again, it's going to be a lower tier bowl and not a New Year's six. Other than that, I think uh, we're getting closer to the football season. So I'm going to be talking a little bit more about that. Maybe something about the basketball team. Um, but again, this is probably my, the most hard to do podcast I've had to do, especially with the research and just trying to go back and forth between my cheat sheets and cheat screens, whatever you want to call it. So again, Rob off here. Thank you so much uh, for listening to this. Thank you to Angelo for uh, listening to this. And again, as always, go Irish.